Well, if you have your Bibles, open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We're going to be concluding Paul's epistle in 1 Corinthians. And boy, what a journey it's been. It's taken a toll on me. I don't know about you guys. You know, it's great to talk about all these fun things to be able to talk about. You know, sin, sexual immorality, you know, all that fun stuff about marriage and, and sex and marriage. So what else could we talk about? Well, let's talk about money. You know, why not? We'll throw that into the mix just to end it with a bang. And so as we conclude this epistle, remember that Paul is writing this to, to help a church out, to help this group of believers to understand where they are and what they are to look like as followers of Christ, to, to not get caught up in the things of this world. In the, the last chapter 15 especially, we talked about that contrast about this earthly, you know, things that are going to fade away and the, the spiritual things that last forever and to have that focus in mind. And as he concludes this and he brings this to a close, he's going to give them some just closing statements that help them in their practical journey as followers of Christ. And it starts off in verse 1 and it says, Now, about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so, when, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then, when I arrive, I will give letters to, of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. And so we're going to talk about some of the things and the reasons and talk a little bit about giving because that's what Paul is talking about here, the collection of God's people. Now there's three reasons basically, I suppose you could break it down into more, of why giving is a part of the church and the New Testament. And three reasons why giving is mentioned. And I, I just want to touch on those as we get started. One is support of God's work. Just the things that God is doing. And I suppose all of them fall under that umbrella. We see in chapter 4 of the book of Acts that they all sold their stuff and gave to each other. And it says there that no one claimed what they had was their own which is a pretty amazing thing if you think about it. No one claimed that what they had was their own. If someone was in need, it was as if it was theirs. And they wanted to see this work of Christ move forward. And it says that they would take their money and they would put it at the apostles' feet, that they might use it to, to move forward with, with the work of God. And so everything falls under this idea of the work of God is important and we're going to use our financial resources to help that move forward. The second reason that's given is to provide for the laborers and the workers of the kingdom of God. That would be pastors and those people who are serving. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, 17 and 18, it says, The work of the church, especially preaching and teaching, is to be supported. Paul goes on, he says, don't muzzle the ox that treads onto the grain. In other words, those who are doing this work need to be provided for. It says also in 1 Corinthians 9.14, we talked about this a while back, in the same way the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. 
That's what Paul declared. Those who are spending their time giving out the word are to receive their living from this same means. And, and it has to do a lot with what God did in the Old Testament with the priests and the Leviticus, the Levitical priesthood, how those who were of the tribe of Levi were dedicated to the Lord. They didn't have an inheritance because the Lord was their inheritance. And so they couldn't own property, but what they did get was provided for by the people through the temple because worship was important and it was a sign that these people were going to make sure that that continued. Well, in the same process, those who are, are preaching the gospel, those who are in that position of a pastor and teacher, are to be receiving so that they can continue the important things of the area of the gospel. It also tells us in Galatians 6.6, 6, anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all their goods, good things with his instructor. In other words, those who are giving you instruction in these spiritual things, they're to receive from you who are receiving that instruction. A third thing that, that's talked about as far as why we give is to support and give to those who are disadvantaged, to the widows, to the strangers, homeless, fatherless, etc. Uh, Romans 15, 26, it says, the poor among the saints in Jerusalem were to receive that collection. Here in Corinthians 16, we see that the collection is going to Jerusalem. We know that Jerusalem was in financial stress, most likely because of persecution that was taking place. And so the church was being displaced. They were in need, and so there was help coming to those who were in need. And we see that throughout the scriptures that God is giving to those who are in need. Um, Acts 11, it says that there was a collection for the brothers living in Judea, again, those who were struggling. And so those are three reasons of why money is collected. It is, again, under the umbrella that it is for the purpose of the church. And as Paul starts talking about these things, he gives us a more identification for this. He, he first tells us that it's an accepted pattern. He says, now about collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches. In other words, this isn't specific to just the church that's in Corinth. I, I told this to the churches that were in Galatia as well. And we see that he talked to other places that giving was supposed to be a part of the church's function. And so this is something that's an accepted pattern. The whole church is to be engaged in this. All the believers of Christ are to be a part of this. He goes on and he tells them when they're supposed to do that. He says, on the first day of the week. On the first day of the week is important because this is now a, a new thing that God is doing. The first day of the week is representative to the resurrection. Jesus rose on Sunday. The first day of the week is when they gathered to worship. And so the collection of money is to be done on the time when we worship. And you see, collection and giving of money is to be just that. It's supposed to be worship. It's not, okay, we've got to pay our dues. Okay, we've got to keep the lights on. Okay, we've got to keep so-and-so fed. The purpose is we're going to worship God with our finances. We are going to give to God with what we have of our resources. And so it was to be taken on the first day of the week because it was a part of the new worship practice. And it was important that they saw that with 
this attitude of worship. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. And another thing we see in verse 2 is it's to be done with the keeping of his income. Now, this is where I want to spend a little time because I, I think it's important. I, I want it to be clear what I believe and what I think is scriptural re, regarding giving of finances. It, it surprises me. I guess it doesn't, but it amazes me how many times I hear churches that seem just so focused on the freedoms that we have in Christ, especially freedoms from the law and the giving of the law. But when it comes to giving, they go right to that tithe. And they're just, yeah, you're supposed to give the tithe. And so I want to talk a little bit, is tithing New Testament? Is it something that is taught in the New Testament? What does Paul mean when he says, uh, according with his income? And you see... There really isn't a place in the New Testament where we are commanded to give a tithe. The closest we can find to it is in Hebrews chapter 7, where we see the contrast between Abraham and Melchizedek, and Abraham giving to Melchizedek, and this is before the law. And it is a representative. And so we have this understanding that a tithe was something that was recognized even before the law was given. And so we see that there is some standard there as far as the tithe, which means a tenth. But other than that, there is no place in the New Testament that talks about giving a tithe. It talks about tithing uh, as far as some of the things that Jesus talked about, how you give a tithe, but you neglect other areas of the law. But it's not commanded as far as giving. Now, there are some other areas of scriptures where the attitude of keeping with his income is presented. In Acts chapter 11, verse 29, it said, The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. Each according to his ability. It didn't say that they gave a tenth. It said according to what they can. Now, it doesn't say they didn't give other places. It just says according to their ability. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, Paul writes, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, here we see that Paul says they should give what they've decided in their heart to give. Now, I think this kind of dialogue makes people nervous, especially people who have churches. If I tell them to give what they decide to give, they're not going to give anything. They're going to decide to spend it on coffee. <laughs> they're going to decide to spend it on cars, clothes, they're going to decide to spend it on whatever it is. And so what we feel we have to do is then put compulsion on people. This is what you're required to give. And it's the same thing we do in so many areas. We feel that we can't just...